Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Let me say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for this week gone by, for all the new things we have learned, for all the challenges you have helped us circumnavigate, for all the new revelations you have poured into our heart, for all the work that you have done on our character to chisel away all that is of darkness, to bring us a step closer into the image and the likeness of yourself, the way in which you made us. We thank you, Lord, that you are doing that new thing in us every single day and even today, where we can look back on every yesterday, every morning when we look back, we can see a difference. And we continue to press into you in the spirit so that the more we stick with you, the more we connect with you, the more you pour your light, your wisdom, your understanding, your revelation, your grace into our lives. The more we are able to rise up above the level that we were in yesterday. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to commune with you in the secret place that you offer us that privilege to be one with you in the spirit, that you do not cut us off for all the filth that we are worth, but yet are ever willing to release mercy every morning for us. So we ask for forgiveness, Father, for all the times we have fallen short of your expectations, for all the times knowing your law, we have not been able to fulfill it, for all the times we have rejected Jesus, we have rejected his ways, his teachings, the discipline that he seeks to give us for all the times we have grieved your Holy Spirit. We ask for forgiveness, Father. We surrender ourselves in humility. We come before you. We ask for mercy in the name of Jesus. We cover ourselves in his blood. Knowing that when we are in him, there is no condemnation. And that is what we reflect on this morning. And we thank you, Father that you give us that great mystery so that no matter how many times the accuser raises his head up, when Jesus said, you shall know the truth and that truth is in us, in our heart, then we are free. No matter what the accuser brings against us, we know we can stand free. That freedom is on the basis of that revelation that we stand on. The revelation of your truth. So we thank you, Father, for that truth that you give us. The word Jesus himself. And we thank you for the peace and the joy that you pour into our hearts every single day as we commune with you. And we share the same with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it also, Lord, with all those that we are lifting up at our altar of prayer and those that have no one to pray for them. And as we offer our faith to stand in that gap, Lord, we call on your name. The name of our maker, our creator. The name of our father. The great I am. The one who is high and lofty and inhabits eternity. In whom is found holiness. The one who is ever faithful, just as we have reflected in our morning encounters. That even though we might be wavering, he is unchangeable. He is the preserver of men. 
His hand is not short to redeem us. We pray in the name of His Son, Jesus. That hand that He sent to redeem. Our rock, our refuge, our foundation. The word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He is the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And we pray in the name of His Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Freedom, Liberty, who reveals all the truth to us and gives us an understanding. It is He who changes the times and the seasons. It is he who brought the earth into its form and shape. It is he who raised Jesus from the dead. And he now gives life to our mortal body. It is only with his coming that we are quickened in our spirit. For without him the spirit was dead. But he gave us a new birth. A new life. It is he who heals our backsliding. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit, that you have blessed us with the gift of prayer, where we can legally authorize you to step into our circumstances and you authorize us to speak, standing as co-heirs with Christ in the authority of a son of the king. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with every physical provision and every spiritual gift that you continue to bless us, Lord, with your mysteries. From your word, hidden in your word in plain sight. Yet, they are only discernible to those whom you will show it to. We thank you, Father. You are doing that new thing in our lives today. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak and every prayer we make as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, all our ministries as well, by your precious blood, Lord Jesus. The blood of the new and eternal covenant that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. It is because of that blood that we have grace, that we have mercy, that we have a second chance. Because you paid the price, we thank you, Lord. We put on our angels and we dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will for each of these lives. I call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue and the discernment to choose life every time we speak. Thank you, Jesus. 
Romans 8 verse 1. This is one of my favorite verses. And I keep reminding myself of this scripture every single day. And it says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we must remind ourselves of this every day because Satan is the accuser. That's what his name Satan stands for. He waits for an opportunity to accuse and to condemn. He will orchestrate the mistake, get you to break the law and then stand as the accuser so that God will have to honor his law and bring about punishment on man. So where their accusation is valid, there will always be condemnation. But God in his own wisdom gave us a workaround through Jesus, through his supreme sacrifice, through his blood. That we can say now, there is no condemnation. When we are in Christ, we have that hope because of this very verse. And so the devil can't make us feel guilty anymore. So what does it mean to be in Christ? And that is our main reflection today. Because it is for only for those who are in Christ. Now we know the benefit, but let's look at what it takes to avail that benefit. And it is not a complex, big thing. It's very simple, but yet a lot of people do not understand it. John 3 verse 16 to 19 says, God so loved the world. This is that famous verse from the Bible, the most popular one. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17 for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That was not the purpose. But to save the world through him. So his purpose was not judgment. His purpose was saving. Although Christ is known as the judge. The Bible says he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. So who is saved? Verse 18 tells us who is saved there. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Why? Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So you might think, what has believing got to do with the person's acts, being condemned or not being condemned? But this verse tells us being in Christ is equated to believing in him because the outcomes are similar. No condemnation. So let's look at it a little more closely. Galatians 2 verse 6 says, Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And then you read the next verse, verse 7, it says, it goes on to say, those who have faith are children of Abraham. Now, what that verse really means is you have a similar inheritance because now you are considered as children. So if 
through faith he was justified, so would you also be justified and made righteous. And it is that justification that is the key turnaround. It is this righteousness that forms the basis of us going scot-free and there is no condemnation because there is no condemnation for one who is treated as righteous. But what about being in Christ? For that, let's go further on in the same book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 27. Sorry, it's earlier I said Galatians 2, verse 6. It's Galatians 3, verse 6 and 7. And then, So let's move further down to Galatians 3, 27, which says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. That is, we now become a part of him, part of that wine, abiding in him. Literally, we put on his face. So when you stand in the judgment box, the face that God sees is the face of Christ, the righteous one. And that same righteous one stands as your advocate. So when you say, those who are baptized in him, all of this is already given to you. You take on his righteousness. By his blood you are washed and he stands as your advocate against the accuser. He becomes your representative. Let me explain what that really means if you are to look at it a little simpler. Romans 6 verse 3. It says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? So this is explaining what that baptism means. Now. When you are baptized into Christ, Jesus, you were baptized into his death. And Ephesians 1 verse 20 talks about the resurrection of Jesus where it says, God raised him from the dead and seated him in the heavenly realms. So if you read a little more of Romans chapter 6 and then you connect it with Ephesians 1 and 2, it says when we are baptized into his death, we shall also rise again. And if he rose or God raised him up, that is what Ephesians 1.20 talks about. God raised him up and seated him in the heavenly realms. Then you are meant to be raised up with him and seated with him because you were baptized with him. So you are one with him in his death. You are one with him in his resurrection. So if he is seated in the heavenly realms with all authority and power, you are seated with him. And that is confirmed to us. It's not just the logic we are extending. It is confirmed to us in Ephesians 2 verse 6. So to put it in simple terms, going back to Romans 6 verse 7, it says anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Jesus was made sin and he died. All the sin that was loaded on him, he set free from it. And because we are baptized in him, in death we died with him. So we are also set free from sin. It is a deep reasoning. You might need to listen to it again and refer to the verses of scripture that we are talking about. Anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So being in him, 
Now, this is where that in him becomes important. Being in him, when he died and became free from sin, so did we. When he rose and is seated in authority, so did we. So when you experience that born again experience of being turned around, transformed and given a new life in the spirit and the Bible says all the old has passed away, you have been set free from that sin. You are now made a new creation. He has put his spirit in you so that there is an inclination towards holiness, not towards sin anymore because if you have been set free through that death, he wants you to stay that way and not go back into it. So he gives you his spirit of holiness at that time you are born again so that your life will now strive towards holiness, not towards sin once again. And along with that, as Ephesians 2.6 says, you are seated with him in the throne. So instead of just being set free now and you are free to go, he says, let me bring you close to me. You sit with me and let us rule. That is what you were meant to do right from the time Adam was created. That was the promise given to Adam in Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28. Let us renew that promise. So he says, you sit with me and you rule. That is why the Bible calls us co-heirs with Christ. All of this happens when you are baptized into Christ. That's the deeper meaning of those three words. This is what brings righteousness, salvation, freedom from sin. And then in addition, the bonus is royal authority. And that is what gives us the basis to now be able to decree and declare. And he says, you can utilize the authority of my name because my name is above every other name. He is the king of kings. So essentially, when he says you can use my name, you get the authority of his government backing you, officially authorized by the king himself. So the next time you hear Romans 8 verse 1, we must remember all of this, that I am baptized into him, with him I died, with him I rose again, and now through him I have that authority. But because I have died with him, I am free from sin. His blood has paid the price. There is now no condemnation. So if the accuser stands against you and you have expressed your faith or anyone has expressed their faith in Jesus for that matter, you can tell them the same. If they are willing to believe in him and confess their faith, just as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, then no matter the condemnation that was standing before them, they can be free from that condemnation once they are in him. The need is for them to believe in their hearts, confess with their mouths and be baptized into Jesus Christ. For who the Son sets free is free indeed. There is no condemnation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that let this mystery be impressed on the hearts of everyone that names the name of Jesus over their life. Everyone that is willing to express their faith in him. So that he now becomes their Lord and Savior 
and it is his sacrifice, his blood, the blood that speaks better things as the Bible tells us, now starts to speak things that are much, much better than condemnation. And just like he said to the woman caught in adultery, he will say to each of these that are hanging their heads down in shame, I sit in points of finger, he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I ask for that edification in our spirits this day, Lord. That as we look up to him and not to the storms around us, we are able to make that resolve to commit our lives to him and to turn away from all wickedness. So that when we are covered by his name and his righteousness, then there is no more condemnation. I ask for that edification in our spirit this day. And we lift up in a special way all those Lord, that are hanging their faces low in shame for mistakes that they have made in life today and are still wondering, is there hope? We lift each of these today and we cover them by the love of Jesus. Not just his blood, but by his love as well, Lord. That they are able to experience his presence in their hearts. And they are able to take that step forward towards him. We pray also, Lord, for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease. For all families that are facing division and separation of any kind. We pray for all those that are battling <clears throat> sorry, that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance, and poverty. All kinds of addictions as well. Let every such yoke of the enemy be broken. Every such strangled hold, every such noose be cut down. And by your spirit, let them experience freedom, Father. We pray also for all those that are part of our family and friend circle that are not yet saved. And we lift each of these to you, Lord, and we ask for that same quickening in their spirit. That there might be transformation, that they might know you, and they might choose you over everything else that they have been choosing so far. And I ask for that similar renewal in our own spirits as well. For every little idol here and there that we have unknowingly chosen. That we might reject all of that. It might be brought to our eyes. And we might reject it in full conscience. In the spirit. Turning away from it. And towards you. We pray also for our own personal needs. Those of our families. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer and making this our prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift to release your tongue and your faith, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Scripture that was put on my heart this morning is from Romans 5, verses 18 and 19. Then as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one man's act of righteousness leads to acquittal and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. A reminder about our Bible study session this evening. The topic is blessing or curses. The choice is yours. The second part in this series where we continue to learn about the two forces at work in our lives. And we will study in depth on curses and how to move from curse to blessings. 
This is a powerful series. It would be an eye-opener and transformation for many lives. So please share this message with others and invite them to come join us uh, in during these sessions on Zoom or YouTube during live sessions. And you can also point recordings to others that can't make it and also share a link to the WhatsApp group and the Telegram group so that they can be part of this prayer group and post their prayer requests there. Praise and worship will start from 5.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time onwards, with uh, followed by I Confess Boldly, Testimony Time, and then the Bible study for the evening approximately starting around 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. In our message that is posted on all our platforms, you will see various time zones for different parts of the world. So depending on wherever you are, you can join accordingly. If you are being blessed, Please share it. Do not keep it with you. And that the mercy and the grace, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day ahead, everyone. We shall see you at Bible study this evening. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. God bless everyone.